Wednesdays are kind of hectic, which seems like such a weird thing to say since I don't have a job. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I should have hectic. But the issue is that... um, you guys know I do this radio show, right? Oh, you do. You do. I do. I have. I do this radio show with a couple of hotties, Woo-hoo! and that happens on Wednesdays from six to seven. Uh huh. Convenient. Wow. Right now, we're on the same time we well, are. My lovely partner <laughs> is taking a class this semester at Wayne State University. Oh. From Wednesdays from five to seven. Yes. Ah. So. I sort of have, and so she, I don't drop her off at work. She takes the car. So I have this like leisurely day just at home, blah dee da da nothing really happening. And then bam, at 5.30, like all this craziness happens. Oh. My partner's mother comes over to sit with the kid, and I take her car down here to do the show. Oh, okay. We were wondering about that. Yes. <laughs> Where I got the fancy, yeah, fancy car. Yeah, we were like, did they we trade like, it in? I was like... This no. is not a good time to trade in a car. But not a good time to buy a new car. No, I don't think I could get credit to buy a new car without a job. Um, well, I, we drive her car. I drive her car down here, and then she gets dinner for Cody, and like all this stuff happens. And it's weird. Like This is one of my favorite parts of the week. I love coming and talking to you guys and stuff and hanging out. Aww. But it took us... Oh, and then oh, when I leave here, if it's too, if it's dark, I have to drive my partner's mother home. Oh, wow. And with Cody and hang out there until my partner gets out of school and stops by and picks us up. Oh, my goodness. Because she can't drive after dark, right? Right. She doesn't like to. So I'm holding on to the last few days of daylight savings or whatever. (laughs) Like, please just let it stay light till 730. Please just let it... Well, 7.45, give her the 15 minutes to get home. Um, Because, you know, that makes for a stressful day. Then the other thing I wanted to just say is that I've decided to reclaim the word gay. Like, I feel like saying gay is so... Like, people don't... Well, no. Like, (laughs) I don't mean that way. I don't mean saying, like, that shirt is so gay. Oh, okay. I mean just referring to myself as gay, as other people as gay. Like, Mm. sort of a retro throwback thing. Okay. You know, I think that it's gotten this this ugly name, that it's not inclusive and so I've just sort of made it mod. Like, it feels more... I don't know. It's a retro, weird thing. Like... And you have a trend of doing that. I mean, you like you know, like your um, if there was a law, your mother, if there was a law, yeah, you know, that's catching on in my circle. So you, Good. Kind of, you seem to be a trendsetter. Well, thanks. So thanks. So yeah, I've oh. been referring to things. I noticed it when I was thinking about last Catch week's up, show. <laughs> <laughs> when I was thinking about last week's show, and I kept telling you how gay you were. Right. And, you know, a year ago, I would have never said that. I would have been saying you are queer, right? Uh-huh. And so, but really, it's gay that I'm trying to get at. Like, there, it's not, It's I don't mean, like, queer is, has a political thing for me. I mean, right. gay is in, like, camp. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yes. So, anyway. So, I say we should not just always be queer, but we can be gay, too. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Like, and that was, or at was, least I can. I whatever. <laughs> well, that was one of the things that there was. I forgot what her. Uh, I was watching the biography of a. Oh, who was the silent actress? The silent um, film actress. Um, oh, that was like known for her reclusiveness. And, Greta Garbo. Uh, yes, Greta Garbo, and how they kept talking about how gay everything was, and I was like. What? Well, was she like, was. Yeah, you know. Well, that's, I, I don't know. They they did a little, like, 10-minute segment on that and saying about all the boyfriends that she had. and Yeah, so, well, I, I encourage people who are curious to read a book called Sappho Goes to Hollywood. Okay. I don't know who wrote it, but um, that there's clearly, I mean, of course that biography, that I saw the advertisement for the documentary oh, okay. you're talking about. I didn't actually watch it, but gotcha. I didn't expect them to talk too much about. They didn't. It was like actually more like three minutes. But yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. So because I was like, why of is there such a fascination not. of the with the gay community with uh, um, uh, with Greta Garbo? So I was like, hmm. So I thought I'd watch to find out. Yeah. She was the gay. She, uh, okay, now I know. <laughs> Dang. But I so think, claiming gay. Yeah, we should reclaim it. Okay. We should reclaim that word too. All right. Yeah. Why not? How are you? I, I'm I'm doing good. I'm, well, it's kind of it's kind of interesting you brought that up because I'm in a little bit of a quandary. I maybe thought that you two might be able to help me. Uh oh. Is where your moral ha- And does it have to do with being gay? <laughs> yes, it does. Uh oh. Yes, exactly. I walked into uh, I, I'm I'm I have a new job and I have a new um. Uh, you have a new job. I have a new job and things like this. Yes. 
And um, yeah, uh, surprise, surprise. Oops. Yeah, and, you need um, to talk to me more. I guess. <laughs> and uh, my new boss, um, who is very much into um, health and fitness, and and um, and and and, pro- and helping to motivate people and things like this. And I um, walked into his office, and on the wall, he's got this poster of this elderly man in um, boxing shorts and boxing mm-hmm. gloves. I've seen that poster. I've seen that poster too. And and he said and. Um, um, it says getting old. Uh, getting old is not for sissies. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure if I should kind of like you know. I understand what he, what the poster is about and what right. he's trying to say, and I know and I feel totally comfortable with him on what his views are of, of people being um, queer or you know d- using that specifically because of politics. Um, but um, I'm kind of like you know what if people really didn't know him and walked into his office. And saw that poster. I don't know what the, how they would interpret really? that. I've never, I've never thought of it that way. I'm not you know, saying it's you're wrong. Sold, I've just never thought of it. It's that sold way. by Northern Sun, which is yeah. a very progressive company. Okay. Very, very progressive company. But I feel the same way about that poster. I feel a little. It's off-putting. Yeah. For a couple of reasons, sissy is a name that is used to, you know put men in their place. Right. And that that means that you aren't, you know, you have to be strong, you have to be macho, you have to be brave. And, you know, it's those sorts of generals. It's not for the feminine. Right. It's yeah. those sorts of generals, I think, that have gotten the whole world effed up. You right. know what I'm saying? Yes, like, exactly. we need to let go of some of those generals. And right. so I don't, I don't like it for that reason. I think that um, I would have to say something actually myself. I, okay. I wouldn't. Well, because the other, the first impression I had of it was that what aren't sissies supposed to be getting gold? Right. I mean, that was like, I, it's, it's, it was kind of like, oh, so we have no old sissies. And coming from the background that I have around HIV and AIDS, mm-hmm. where there's a whole generation right, that's missing, it, it hit me like, is this a promotion? You know mm-hmm. that you're not just you're not to survive, right. and and I and that was the like my initial response. But then I got it like within like a few seconds. But I was surprised by my reaction, mm-hmm. and so I was kind of like, "Wow!" So I'm I'm being new. I mean, I've only been there like a few weeks, and here I am already being politically. And his boss is gay. And hasn't said it. You know, I think that you. you I, well, so if what that you're new? You, if you it bothers you, for both you know. for that reason too. That was the other thing I was going to say. That like that implies then that only non sissies right. are welcome. Right. In in the senior population. Right. Exactly. Right. So yeah. I, I was just I've been I'm contemplating that for the last two days, and because I just read it Monday evening when I went to go drop off his mail, and I turned and saw. Saw the poster and was taken aback by it, and then I kind of laughed because I get what he was trying to do. Right. But at the same time, and I think that it's probably going to drive you crazy if is. you don't say something. It is. It's going to haunt you, and it's going to be one uh. of those things that you're going to avoid going in his office. Right. You know all of these things, and so I totally think that that you should say. You know, my previous boss had a. There was a, you know, Pat Robertson said feminism makes women. Um. You know what is it? Ki- uh, Gay. Well, oh. <laughs> no, it's like feminism makes women um, leave their husbands, kill their children or something. Oh, my and word. Stop going to church and become lesbians. I don't know, something. Wow. Or become witches and lesbians, right? So practice witchcraft. That's what it was. Something weird like that. Well, anyway, my boss, who was very straight, had this bumper sticker. Sorry, I missed church. I was busy practicing witchcraft and becoming a lesbian. <laughs> you know, and... And I kind of said to her, or I didn't say it to her, and I still regret that I didn't say it to her, because I think I should have. You know, it's not okay for you to say, you know, it's not okay for you to claim that as who you are, if it's not who you are. Mm. You know, it makes me uncomfortable Gotcha. that you wear it as a badge of pride of your feminism, you know, and that's, that's sort of discomforting to me and i still kind of i'm upset when i see that so i see the bumper sticker all over the place like i should have said something to her about that Mm. which is not my pattern usually i do say stuff to people and and by me saying something to him is my agenda to have him take that down well i was gonna say what do you expect right because then it makes i mean not that he shouldn't be uncomfortable with right but it's, you know, yeah. You then put him in the awkward position. Well, wouldn't that I've that. seen that poster, and wouldn't that poster do just the same job without the tagline on it at all? Yes, so, because it's an it's an older guy, mm-hmm. and he's you know 
he's I think he's wearing boxing gloves or yeah, something. Yeah. It, like clearly he's been working out. Right. And he's very fit. Yes. Um I think that it says the same thing without the mm-hmm. you know, it has the same message. Right. Without the actual words. Right. So maybe that's the goal. Like could you just maybe cover up that part? Okay. You know, leave it you up know? and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because, mm. I mean, clearly he's got it up because that's his goal. When he's old, he wants to look like that, right? right. Or he oh, wants to yeah. have some semblance of that. Well, it's also an acknowledgement. Fitness. I think the whole thing is that acknowledgement, he wants, to, he wants to acknowledge that being fit isn't an easy thing. Right. That if it was easy, everybody would be fit. And I think that that's kind of what he's trying to promote and saying that it, it it's a struggle. You know, it's definitely something that's, mm-hmm. that everybody's going to be struggling with and trying to stay fit. Right. So, um, you should totally say something. Okay. All right. Or you can have him listen to the show and, and we can talk about it. <laughs> there you go. Like we'll come out for people. We'll tell your boss they got <laughs> stupid posters on the yeah. wall. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. How are you, Meredith? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. I just want to tell you about the evil thing that Dan did to me yesterday. Uh-oh. I did, was not evil. It was evil. So we went to Red Robin together, and we're sitting there, and we have one of those waitresses who's very nice but extremely bubbly and excited and so happy for you to be there. Oh, I know that waitress. <laughs> yes. And so Dan says, so, um, do you have to get your free birthday thing on the day of your birthday, or could you come like within a week, let's say, and and get your birthday thing? And she was just like, "Uh, you can come whenever within a week." And Dad's like, "Oh well." Oh birthday. no no no! She goes, "So why is there somebody that has a birthday?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, we all have birthdays. It's like, damn you. And the aunt said to her, well, it was her birthday last week on Wednesday. And she's like, oh, happy birthday. Okay, we'll be back. And they make you they make you mm-hmm. stand up and hold your stupid Sunday while they clap for you. She asked me how old I was. I said 29. And she said, great. And then when she made her little announcement, she's like, and Meredith is turning 21 today. <laughs> you know... I, too, have been at the Red Robin on my birthday. (laughs) It's horrible. And the exact same thing happened to me. But lest we forget, my birthday is St. Patrick's Day. Oh, Oh. that's right. So however evil Dan might have seemed yesterday. Not as evil as that. Not as evil as that. (laughs) Yeah, no. And it was also my 21st birthday. I was turning 30, but she told everyone I was turning 21. (laughs) You know what the sweet part of the whole thing was? Is that Meredith actually owed me a dinner, so I got this all for free. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's evil. Totally that wrong. tops the fact that it's St. Patrick's Day. And he ate the cherry. Yeah, oh, well, man. Well, you know I'm good at that. I'm not going to dinner with you. There's no way. We can go to breakfast, we can go to lunch, but no dinner. Oh, and I have to man. tell you the fact that they only give you a Sunday. Like, you can go to a million other places and get a heck lot more than a Sunday. And well, a that's little... probably why she didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, should but it's a substantial Sunday, isn't it? No, no. it's not. Well, well, for me, a big guy, it, it's, it's it maybe wasn't. a mouthful. <laughs> it wasn't. It didn't seem that substantial. Like, you can go to a ice cream store on, you know, on South U and get yourself a giant banana split free for your birthday. Oh, wow. Good to know. Note to self. <laughs> Good to know, especially since I don't drink anymore, you know, and go around town and just mm-hmm. not really actually, ice cream I used to either, have a list when I was in my early 20s. I used to actually have a list of all the places you can go and get free things or discount things. And that was like my goal. Um, for I, that day. For that day was like to take the day off and then do all of that. And like just you, eat your way around town. I well, claim- no, there was free things. Like, for instance, you could, there was one place you used to get out free fris- frisbees. I mean, it was like all these little, you could get like That's so weird. little gifts. You know, or um, you get a free drink or something, and so it was just kind of like. And so I had breakfast with one person, lunch with another person, um, you know, then go do a bunch of errands of getting those little like a frisbee or whatever, and then um, uh, having a mid-afternoon, you know, meal or something. It was just like what, like a, just celebrate with a bunch of people. And That's pretty cool. You get all yeah. this free stuff. Yeah. I think I have a plan. 
for my next birthday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that sounds fun. Especially when Bill Knapps used to give you the cake and you could say, well, you know what, we're going to celebrate at home. <laughs> that ate cake for, you know, the following weekend. And so nice. it was like a... Nice. Yeah, but I kind of lost that for some reason. So it's like... Oh. But yes, that was, you know, but then I lost that list. So I've got to like recreate it. Seriously. No, you, no, you, don't. you don't. The list is right here. No. Really? Of all the things. I can't read that far. I'm sorry. I'm old. But it's a whole <laughs> list of things. Lace, In, list of what, places that will give you free stuff. Oh, my goodness. What's Is there a URL that we can find that at? Uh, well, let's see. What is it? Welcome to the show, Keith, by <laughs> the way. <laughs> you know, I don't know what we did before Google. I just stuck in free stuff on your birthday, Ann Arbor. And uh, something came up, and it's, uh, gosh, it's a list of like 80 things on here. Um, on it's your birthday. birthday. Yeah, it's www.otwa, whatever that is, dot com. And I suppose you can find it from there, slash community, slash, oh, then it's one of those PHP. Oh, okay. So use the Google technique for You know what? Also, since you're on Google, type in the word failure. (laughs) And then hit... um, Feeling uh, lucky? No, just uh, hit search and tell me what the first thing that's listed. Why, it's the biography of President George W. Bush. (laughs) If you go to Google and that type in so failure, weird. that's the first thing that comes up. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, there's this other Google-related website that I've been loving the last couple of days, Google Fight. And you you, <laughs> you go there, and I just tried to type googlefight.com in there, and it didn't come up. I have it on my favorites. Um, but you type in two two words... Like I typed in earlier today, um, my name and boredom. Okay. And then it shows this. Clearly, you've been. (laughs) I was bored. Um, And it shows this little cartoon fight between these two stick figures. And what it's doing is it's finding how many times those two words have been searched on Google. Oh wow! And whichever one has been searched the most wins the fight. Oh, how interesting. It's very funny. <laughs> my name has only been searched 632 times, That's so I lose every lot. fight that I put my name in there with. You should put your Man. name in with my name, and I'll make you a bet you. Oh, I bet there's more Merediths than Christie's spelled Christie, see, the way I spell it. Oh. Uh, just as a first name? Just, just the, That's all I put in was the first name. I bet you could put in last names, too. Okay. Yeah, Keith would beat everybody in this room. Dan's pretty common. <laughs> Dan. Dan's I mean, name, I'm, not exactly. Dan himself. He's an uncommon gentleman. But oh. I don't know about that. See, is that hilarious? I love that little fight. See, Meredith, you kicked my ass. 16.6 million results. Christy comes up with a mere 677,000. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I've probably done all of those searches. I, do you ever Google yourself? I do. Yes. I never come up. It's hard because your name is kind of a common one. Well, and there are other other people. Like, for instance, there is an actual DJ named Dan Burns and uses Dan Burns in his, and he's got, he, it's a, he's got all kinds of things yeah. that he's going on. I'm like, wow. It's only me that ever comes up for my name, but it's kind of boring. There's some sort of sorority chick who comes up for my name. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm going to have to do that. What do you think, Greg Barnett? But, um, but Keith's here. Exactly. Keith. With stacks and stacks of books. Right. And let's see, the first one I'll touch on very briefly, because you're going to be interviewing him later. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, Rich Merritt, for Secrets of a Gay Marine Porn Star, which we're really excited about, because last week you talked about um, Outfast mm-hmm. with Bethany. And, uh, of course, that's just 10 days away. And Rich is going to be the... Uh, um, Keynote. keynote speaker, and you guys are going to be the MCs. Yeah, so that's really we get to introduce him. And and you know, this is just such a great book, and I won't spend much time on it because you get to interview him. But you know, it makes it sound like it's it's some sort of tell-all or about. It uh, is a great title. It, it is a great title, and it certainly, I'm sure, sold a lot of books from people who have no idea what they're buying. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but he's which so, leads me to one of my questions. He's, Why is he's <laughs> so perfect for Outfest though? Because what the book really is about is the danger of the closet. Yeah. Right. You know, this is a guy who grew up in two institutionalized closets, fundamentalism and the Marines. Yeah. And and basically you live in the closet, it's dangerous. Why? Well, um, the closet is a place of self-loathing, not to mention all those hangers you get caught on. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. That's 
why, that's why they're for clothes. That's right. <laughs> and and that self-loathing, you know, leads to um, drug and alcohol addiction. It right. can lead to suicide. Um, just all sorts of bad things for yourself. Second, and this is, I think, even bigger. I don't know if you saw who was on the cover of ANU magazine this month. Oh, no. Yeah. And I'm um, talking about safe sex. And, and um, a big reason being is that in the closet, you don't talk about it. Right. So, you know, yeah. and, and he mentions this in the, the book over and over again. Things like, oh, you know, having sex with another Marine. You know, no one practices safe sex because hey, you're both wow. Marines, so you're not really gay. Right. right. Um, you're tested all the time as a Marine. So, you know, he, he it's got to be safe. And, you know, it's just you don't talk about it. And right. if you don't mm-hmm. talk about he says that's the greatest antidote for um uh, HIV transmission is just talking about it. Right. So, Which we need to do more of, for sure. Right. For Absolutely. sure. So, anyway, I'll leave that because you're going to talk to him. I'm looking forward to hearing the interview as well. Good, good. Um, let's see. Oh, gosh. All sorts of stuff coming up. Um, we have... Um, uh, some, some sort of gender, trans and other gender-related news coming up. Um, Deborah Rudisell, I believe is how she pronounces her name, um, wrote The uh, Riddle of Gender, is going to be appearing at um, the Museum of Natural History on the eve of Atfest at tw- oh. on the 23rd. And it's being co-sponsored by the LGBT office, LGBTA office. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can uh, get more information from them or their website. What else is happening? Um, oh, and then on National Coming Out Day itself, um, they're also spon- sponsoring Anna Camilleri, um, the mm-hmm. woman who wrote um, Boys Like Us, Transfictions, Brazen Femme, and about a half a dozen other books as well. Uh, I don't think they've finalized the details of where that's going to be appearing, but somewhere on campus she'll be there. So uh, I'm sure they'll let you guys know about it. Yeah. Um, but you can also check with the Office of LGBTA Affairs. Did I get that right? Um, it's something like that. Right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Then uh, another book that I've brought in quite a few times because I love it so much is Crybaby Butch. Oh. Um, and Judith Frank, the author, is going to be in town on the 15th. And I know we've talked about um, the book before, but just very briefly, it has to do with two uh, transgenerational women who identify as butch. And it means very different things to them. And they meet through an adult literacy class. Hmm. The younger one is the teacher. The older one is one of the students. So it's also very much about literacy. So we're going to be – she's going to be here, and we're going to hold this. Instead of being at the bookstore, it's going to be at our house. And it's going to be as a fundraiser for Washington Literacy. But it's a low dollar amount um, thing. It's going to be twenty five bucks, and it's going to include the uh, include a copy of the book, because um, Karen Oosterhouse and Common Language are going to um, uh, uh, get together to make sure make that very affordable. Fantastic. And um, let's see. So uh, on that one, uh, call seven three four nine nine four zero five five eight if you are interested. And um, that's that's my office number, so um, can give you all the information about that. Uh, you said the 15th. You don't mean tomorrow. No, right? I d- October 15th. Okay. October 15th, right. And I believe it's just 11 days later, Leslie Feinberg's going to be on campus oh. as w- part of the, let's see if I can remember this one, the Institute on Research of Women and Gender. Yes, Did I get it correct. right? Your okay, very correct. good. Um, so... Um, <laughs> That she's going to be um, here as part of that. So that's pretty exciting news. Um, let's see. Oh, Outbar website, or Common Language um, website um, is up and as an online store now. Oh, right wow. on. And we're still working on getting the inventory up there, but the trans section was the first one we put up. All right. So if you're looking for trans books, they are there. Um and one other thing on that sort of gender-related... Oh, and, well, uh, what, and what is the website? Oh, yes, of course. GL... <laughs> it, 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 either one of two things will get you there. GLBT books or LGBT books. Oh, okay. Either one gets you there. Okay. okay. Uh, I saw that on something the other day, and I was like, oh, I wonder whose store this is. <laughs> <laughs> and it, when we bought Common Language, it, it had one of those, like, really... Awkward yeah. common, uh, lang- lang- common lang- books, lang- books or something, dot yeah. com or something, and so we started looking around and discovered that um, uh, that those two were both available. So we bought it way back then, and um, uh, so um, 
Great. Uh, yeah, so now we, we've put that live, and so that's kind of exciting. Cool. Um, and then one other thing that just got announced, it's a long ways off, but it's exciting anyway, um, Performance Network, you know, they just finished doing... Um, right, Take Me uh, Out. Take Me Out. Well, next summer, their show is going to be I Am My Own Wife, Doug Wright's incredible mm. um, story about Charlotte Mon- von Malsdorf. It's an incredible, uh, as, as the director on Broadway called it, one drag queen show. Um, <laughs> though, of course, though, of course, Charlotte never called herself a drag queen. She called herself a transvestite. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, just an amazing story. It's a, it's a true story. Um, wow. This guy um, lived through Nazi Germany and, um, and communist East Germany, um, living to, I mean, most everyone knew that she was a transvestite and uh, survived it. It's just an incredible wow. story. And a great, great play. They just found out they got the rights um, about a week ago. It's been in the works for a long time, but, you know, you can't announce it until right. you get the rights. So yeah. that just happened. Um, Malcolm Tulip's going to be starring in it, oh. which we are so excited about. Martin and I saw it on Broadway, and when we walked out, we were just like, oh, the network's got to do this, and Malcolm Tulip's got to star. So it's all... Oh, <laughs> wow. That's excellent. <laughs> we had nothing to do with that happening, but nonetheless, <laughs> <laughs> seeing it all come to fruition. And I guess the one other event is uh, next week at um, w- at WCC Wayne County Community College. Um, the nursing Wash it off. What did I say? Yes. Yeah, that, would, right. <laughs> that would be WCCC. Right, right? Yes. exactly. Washtenaw Community College. Um, uh, sponsored by the Michigan Nursing Historical Society, I believe it is. Uh, Rosemary oh, yeah. uh, Needle Greenley is coming, um, yes. and her recent book is And If I Perish, subtitled Frontline U.S. Army Nurses in World War II. She's actually written three books about um, nurses during uh, World War II. Uh, Albanian Escape and Aldous Hell are the hmm. other two. Aldous Hell is about um, nurses who were in Japanese POW camps. Gotcha. Um, but very exciting, and anyone interested in that, um, let's see. The, there's a number here, which I think is the UM Nursing History Society's number, 9441918. Great. So, um, and I brought a ton of books along, of course, because I always bring more than I really need to. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and I know it's just minutes till Rich is on, so I'm going to whip through a couple of them here. Okay. Um, ju- uh, some of them are just because they're just out in paper, Augustine Burroughs' Magical Thinking. <gasps> Alan Hollinghurst's Line of Beauty. Um, now, what was that first one? Why was there a... <gasps> that's one of my favorite books. Which Augustine one? Augustine Burroughs' uh, Magical Thinking. Well, I should say that's one of my favorite, favorite authors. authors. Yeah, he's, he's, I haven't really He's the guy that. who wrote Running with Scissors. Okay. Right. Um, and uh, and for being as young as he is, I don't know how he keeps writing memoirs, but this is his latest <laughs> memoir. Um, <laughs> But uh, let's see, um, Line of Beauty. Th- this is just a mystery, but I really love this guy's writing. Um, it's uh, Rick Cobb, The Actor's Guide to Adultery. Um, just a fun but really well-written fun um, stuff, and it's just out in paper. And, you know, mysteries, it's always hard to suggest to people that they spend twenty four ninety five for that book that will last them a day or two. Right, so, right. So it's out in paper. Um Two very new books, Rita Mae Brown, The Hunt Ball, which though it is a mystery, it isn't one of those sneaky pie brown mysteries. It is written more as uh, as a novel, um, like uh, you know some of her classic stuff. So we're very excited about seeing something like that from Rita Mae Brown because it's all been those sort of pulp mysteries for a long time now. Mm-hmm. So that's been a long time coming, and it sounds really wonderful. K.M. Sonline, new book just came out. Um, called uh, um, You Can Say You Knew Me When. There we go. He's the guy who wrote Wonder Boys. Um, And, uh, I mean, this is... the the reviews on this book have been stunning. It's uh, about a guy who had been had a distant father, and you know gets the news one day that dad passed away. So you know it's like, well, all right, I have to go back to the homestead. And he starts you know, going through this stuff and starts discovering a father he never knew, oh. including he um, the the son had been in San Francisco, and starts finding out about his dad's 
previous history in oh. San Francisco, and and it uh, starts trying to discover his dad's past. And it's gotcha. um, uh, as I say, it just arrived like yesterday or something, so I haven't uh-huh. read it yet. But the reviews on it have been stunning. Uh, let's see. What are some of the book clubs doing this? Well, that's what, okay. <laughs> what a great segue. It's the next on the pile. Here. Um, the Queer Book Club, which meets the second Sunday at RAP, is um, doing With or Without You, Lauren Sanders. Um, and the Les Reed is doing, um, well, nothing this month because it's the day of Outfest. So they're just oh. going to, I think they're going to have a table at okay. Outfest and instead of actually meeting. Um, and then the following month they're doing This Wild Silence, um, Lucy Bledsoe. Okay. Um, and anything else we really have to see because I see that he's on the... Is, is the rep um, book club still meaning? Yes, it is. That's the queer book club. Oh, okay. They're the ones that are doing with or without. Ah, gotcha. And um, so uh, nothing gay about it, but Kurt Vonnegut, <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut just has a new uh, a new book out. It's not a novel. His last novel was so obviously a swan song. Um, but this is new writing. It's just classic Vonnegut in terms of you know the the same presentations and the, some of the same ideas, but some of the stuff he says about. Um, uh, the Bush administration in that context are just scathing. So I love it. Okay. Um, so there you go. And um, that's what's going on at Common Language. Right on. At, at least as much as I could get in in this. Uh, <laughs> I started talking fast there at the end, I know. Um, All right. So lots of stuff going on. And again, we're really looking forward to Outfest. And I will. And what day is Outfest? Outfest is, of course. Um, a week from Saturday, which is September 24th, mm-hmm. featuring MCs Christy Cardinal and Dan Burns. Dun, dun, dun. Who are they? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, the featuring the keynote speaker, dot, dot, dot. Richie? I'll leave that to you. All right. Well, on the phone with us, is, is he there, Alex? Are you there, Rich? He's getting there. Ah, uh, I bet you're there. Wow. <laughs> A little bit of an echo. Little e- and now there's silence. That's right. <laughs> well, I don't. Okay, maybe that wasn't as good a segue as I thought. Yeah. <laughs> it only seems to be me that's echoing, so I was avoiding talking. No, no, no. we're all. No, we're I think we all. I think you just can't hear the other echoes. Yeah. <laughs> other echoes. Other echoes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait. Oh. Are you on the phone there with us? Yes, I'm here. Oh, yay! yay. <laughs> All right. We had a minor technical difficulty that has seemed to return, but we're going to power through anyway. Um, I, I still have a little bit of an echo, Alex. Yeah, um, they're going to be working on it. Okay, we're joined on the phone by Rich Merritt, who is the author of Secrets of a Gay Marine Porn, Porn Star. Way to go with that title, by the way. Thank you. Um, and uh, my name's Christy, by the way. You're here with me, Dan, and Meredith. Those okay. are the other two is folks. Keith still in there? And Keith is still here as okay. well. I'm very excited to hear the interview. And maybe he'll even participate. That's right. I don't know. So why did you write this book? I started writing this book about three and a half years ago. I... I'd, um, I go into a lot of detail into this in the book, obviously, but um, I had attempted suicide, and my partner found me in the garage with the car running. And when I got out of the hospital, um, I started writing this book mainly to find out why I had done that and to try to keep it from happening again, because I know the statistics show that if you have attempted suicide, a bona fide attempt, you'll probably try it again. And I'd wanted to, like I say, figure out, what had happened, what had gone wrong in my life, and and try to fix it because everything externally looked great. I had a new career starting out and a seven-year relationship, living in California, but uh, internally things weren't so good. And so, by writing the book, what did you discover about yourself, or what were some of the things that you um, talk about in this book? One of the, uh, the common thread throughout a lot of the things that I've done, because people ask, how do you go from being at the, the self-proclaimed fortress of fundamentalism in Greenville, <laughs> South Carolina, Bob Jones University, to the Marine Corps, to coming out of the closet, to doing pornography. And then later in the book, I uh, talk about, you know, after I was out of the Marines, um, got into the gay party circuit with the circuit parties and the, the party drugs and, and ultimately crystal meth and recovering from that. And the common thread through that is extremism. Mm. Um, 
I think Bob Jones is definitely an extreme institution, the Marine Corps. You know, people ask, why did you join the Marine Corps? And I give them these reasons, and they say, I didn't ask why you joined the military. Joining the Army just never occurred to me. Um, the Marine Corps is, you know, a little bit more than that. So, Well, and, and, and going from a very fundamentalist um, schooling uh, to the Marine Corps was, like, for, to me, like jumping out of the frying pan into the fire. It just it, it increased, seemed to increase the risk of, of what was going on. I wasn't aware of what was going on is the problem. Um, looking back on it, yeah, it didn't. It was going from one rigid, you know, I, I, I joke with people. I tell them that, you know, I was tired of all the rigidity and the legalism of Bob Jones University, so I joined the Marines. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, but it's, it's kind of true. And some people look at it and say, I bet that was a culture shock. Yeah, in some ways it was a culture shock. I had never drank. I had never um, listened to pop or rock music or anything like that. And suddenly I'm in a platoon of boot camp where the guys are, you know, swearing and talking about uh, sex. And this was all foreign to me at the age of 18. Mm-hmm. So it was a culture shock. But at the same time, the, the structure was I liked the structure and I had succeeded in that. Now, and that, so that was part of the the reason why you ended up leaving um, the Bob Jones University, because um, you said you came back after going to the Marines, and after a couple semesters, you found it just wasn't for you. Right. I I didn't go all the way with the Marines because I joined the Reserves, which at the time, you know, we were not at war. So what that meant was, you know, two days a month, one week in the month, and two weeks in the summer. So I just did that to kind of test the waters to see if I actually liked the Marines. And I did, and so I decided to make it a career. But after being exposed to situations where, well, for example, I had an African-American drill instructor. I had to salute him and call him sir, just like the others. And that was coming from where I came from, Piedmont, South Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina, with Bob mm-hmm. University. That was quite a quite an awakening for me. Right. And it was really good in that respect. I had a rack mate at boot camp who was Catholic. I had never met a Catholic before. And it really opened my eyes to... Ultimately, I looked at the guys in my platoon and I thought, these guys cannot all be going to hell. And that's what I had been taught for 14 years. And that was started a process of... which eventually led to where I am now. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, and while you were so then when you left um, the Bob Jones University and went into the Marines um, during that time while you were in the Marines didn't uh, isn't that when Don't Ask Don't Tell came about? Well, after after um, I came back to Bob Jones, I got expelled from the school for actually going to a straight nightclub and dancing with a woman who I worked with. Ironically, oh, wow! Yeah. wow. So you can't even do stuff like that there. So you know, being gay isn't. You know, hadn't even entered the picture at that right. point. Right. <laughs> so uh, I transferred to Clemson, graduated, went on active duty as an officer, and that's about the same time I came out of the closet. I was stationed overseas, and everybody was talking about you know Bill Clinton getting elected and lifting the ban on service members, um, lifting the ban on gay and lesbian service members. Also, I was in Japan at the same time that a sailor was murdered for being gay in Sasebo, Japan. Oh, wow. Um, Alan Schindler, I believe his name was. And that w- all of this was happening at once with me. And then finally I met another service member who was rumored to be gay. And um, by knowing him, he helped me see that I was gay also. And okay. so when I left California, or when I left Okinawa to go to California, that for me was a pivotal moment, and I decided to just be... You know, uh, be as open as I could be in the Marines. In other words, go to the gay bars in San Diego and uh, the Pride festivals and things, but be as discreet as I had to be. But, you know, kind of live this, walk this line. Um, yeah, that's where I was at that point, around 93, 94. And, and how did you find out about the Donast Hotel? I mean, did that, what was like your initial reaction when you found out? Cause it's, with... Right, well, I, it, I came out of the closet to myself, a self-denial, right as Bill Clinton was getting inaugurated, and I thought, what a great time to be doing this. You know, I'm going to California, I'm coming out of the closet, Bill Clinton's going to let us all serve openly, and then within six months, nine months, it was obvious that wasn't what was going to happen, and it was a real big disappointment. Uh, For me, it was a bitter disappointment. It actually 
created a rage inside of me that was a big part of why the following year I started doing the videos. Uh, in 95, I made eight porn videos. Hmm. And one of the reasons was just this need to act out. You know, I couldn't write my congressman opposing this policy. Right. I couldn't march in a parade. I couldn't even tell anyone. And, and that was part of it. I mean, I won't mm-hmm. diminish the other parts of it. It was exciting. It was fun. Right. Um, is it know, really as glamorous as they say it is? Well, it's not, it's not really <laughs> glamorous, especially when, you know, you're spending five or six hours to shoot one scene and right. there's tons of people walking around and trying to help out right yeah yeah <laughs> and um and so then so did you really just happen to come across it or was it something you just that was the way you just just chose to go or um i was just flipping through the san diego gay and lesbian times and there was an ad for you know um hey you guys if you want to be in adult film work, you know, call this number, and so I did. I mean, it wasn't like I was lured into it or anything, although there is an entire industry in San Diego that seems to be built around luring um, unwitting sailors and Marines into gay porn. That wasn't my case. I actively sought it out. Gotcha. And and what was that like for you? I mean, with... I mean, was it something that you... Like, that you were in the porn at the same time in the Marines, right? Yeah. yeah, there had every about every five or six years. There's um, a gay porn scandal involving Marines. It seems like in Southern California. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I had watched the re- reaction to that, and the Marine Corps buries it as quickly as they possibly can. Mm. In '93, there was a a scandal, and it made the nightly news with Tom Brokaw and and the newspapers. But within a week it had been hushed up and wow. i realized well that's the marines response to it and if that's if i get caught that's pretty much how they'll deal with it at least that's the rationalization process i was going through which looking back is it's ridiculous to tempt fate like that but right. it was like i say it was exciting and it it um i don't know i got kind of a rush when i would think about doing it and then after i would do it i would think oh i'm never doing this again and then a week later, somebody would call with another job, and I would say, okay. Right, right. Uh, when you work cheap, you get a lot of work. <laughs> right, there you go, there you go. So by doing this, I mean, which seems to, to be quite a different life than um, what, you were, what you were dealing with in the Marines, um, I would, if they ever found out, I would assume, or found out that you were gay, um, that there, because I was hearing about the, the bashing that occurs. Right. That was, um, I never really thought about the, you know, getting gay bashed because I think my position as an officer insulated me from some of that. Um, there's a higher penalty in the military for assaulting an officer than another enlisted uh, guy. Okay. And, uh, you know, that's once again part of a process of rationalizing to do what I want to do anyway, but. Yeah, I think that did help me out a little. Right, uh, right. Yeah. And and um, and then after you um, left the Marines, um, you then uh, went and became a lawyer. Why did you choose to become a lawyer then? Part of my plan all along was to become a lawyer. I wanted to become a, a JAG officer, but I wanted to do a line position first. In other words, be a platoon commander and then a company commander and then become a lawyer. But after spending my time dealing with the military legal system, I didn't really want to be in a position of having to enforce Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, And I also didn't want to do criminal law, which is pretty much what military lawyers do. So I decided to get out at that point and go to law school. Okay. And so you always had wanted to become a lawyer, I guess. Ah, okay. Gotcha. And then you, you consider home base Atlanta. Well, my uh, I was making my home in San Diego, which is America's finest city, and I agree with that that statement. Okay. <laughs> but um, in about two years ago, my father was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease, mm. so I moved to Atlanta, which is a two-hour commute from my parents' house, and I got a job here that gave me a lot of flexibility, 
um, passed the Georgia Bar exam and became a member of the Georgia Bar and would just see my parents every other weekend or so. Um, and my father passed away in January. Oh, um, so we've been, you know, it's been a rough couple of years for my family. Right. So, but I wanted to be back here to be near them. And right. I'm glad I did because I got to spend the last year of my father's life with him. Yes, definitely. Wow. And and just as a as a side note, um, how are things down south? Being so close? Well, up here in Michigan, we're a little further away from New Orleans. Right. Um, I haven't seen too much of it. You know, New Orleans is, um, I've been there a few times, but it's still a good bit away from Atlanta. We have received some of the evacuees that are being, you know, housed here, and they may stay here. But, you know, then on the other side of the, you know, further east is Ophelia hitting the coast. Um, but, you know, it's amazing the difference in the weather. Here it's hot, humid, right. and sunny like it is most of the time. Right, right. Um, just as, as quick, I'm getting a note from the engineer. Do you, by chance, have your computer on? Yes. Okay, um, that's where our feedback is coming from. Ah, that's that why end. we're echoing. Okay. <laughs> I wonder, just hang on just a second. Sure. Okay. Because I'm actually in the other room, so. Oh, okay. Let me turn it. Do I need to turn the computer off or down? No, just down. Just down. Just, so okay. Just... Do I need to turn the computer off? Yeah, there we go. That's <laughs> yeah, interesting because I was in the other room. Oh, well. Well, that's what... Technical. Yeah, it's weird. No, we're still having a little feedback, but in okay. any case. Right. So um, after you wrote this book, um, what kind of uh, like effects of the book have you seen happen as you've been interacting with people that have read it? It's been overwhelmingly positive. Um I've received three or four hundred emails and letters, and people have come to my book readings. I've had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people show up at that and tell me how. One of the interesting things that they say is, you know, I was never in porn, I was not in the military, and I didn't grow up in fundamentalism. But your book just told my story, and I think how did. But I think a lot of the feelings that I describe are the same. Mm-hmm. You know, the feelings of loneliness and isolation exclusion that drove me to do those things a lot of people have identified with sure right right before you joined us we were talking with keith about about your book and you know he mentioned how important it is that you're coming to talk here in ann arbor at outfest because your your book really is about the dangers of being in the closet yes um and that's it you make a very good point you know i think that a lot of folks who are in the closet experience a lot of the same feelings and such that you, that you describe in the book. Um, it's a pretty provocative title, and uh-huh. so I'm wondering why you picked that. Not that I mind provocative. I'm right. just wondering. It, it, it's, um, the title does what the, a title is supposed to do. It gets people's attention, and if you, if you read the book, it's it's kind of it's tongue in cheek. There's a very, there's a saying right at the very beginning of the the, the book: "Our secrets keep us sick," mm-hmm. and Porn is, you know, it's it's everywhere. I mean, it's one of there's a there's a television show, Scrubs, and one of the characters, the doctor, in that said, if they took all the porn off the internet, there would be one website left: www.bringbacktheporn.com. <laughs> and he's right. And so, if all these people are viewing porn, and by that I'm, you know, I mean, well, if all these people are viewing porn, why are they keeping it a secret? Why is there this attitude about pornography? Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, it's only the, the porn part is only 8% of my story. Mm-hmm. Right. I had nothing better to do, and I calculated it one day. It's, <laughs> so, yeah, I put it out there because it is provocative. It is the most uh, attention-getting part of the story. Some people have, if you look at Amazon.com, it's got the postings. Um, you know, people re- read it, and they write their own review and they say, you know, I passed this book at first, but, you know, the author should be uh, berated for the, picking this title, but it's really a good story. Well, that's because it did what it's supposed to. Right. It right. got people's attention and got them to look at it. And it's, I mean, it is accurate, right? It is accurate. <laughs> I, was, I was, I am gay. I was a Marine. I was never really a star. Uh, well, but, you are in our eyes. That's right. Well, you know, that's what the advocate called me. Ah. On their cover, so that's where I got the porn star from. Someone wrote a negative review and said this guy was never a star. He was in, <laughs> he was in some low budget gay porn, and I'm thinking, isn't that kind of redundant? <laughs> right, right, right. 
Well, I, uh, this is Keith. I was just wondering um, if there's been any problem because of the the title and the cover getting reviews. If there are people who um, should be reviewing this book that aren't because they they assume that it's something other than what it is. I don't. I don't. I assume so. Um, you know, I was fired from my job here in Atlanta for writing for telling them about this book. I told them about it three months before it came out. And it was a pretty progressive law firm. I mean, they give a lot of money to the human rights campaign. They're openly gay and lesbian partners. So I was a little surprised. And, you know, the, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution did not cover it. The, a local news station did come out to interview me, but then at a higher level, the story was killed. And, you know, when someone gets fired for writing a book, that should be all over the press. Right. But it wasn't, and I'm sure that's because of, you know, people are just, skittish about porn mm, gotcha and and there was and I'm, I, I was reading your uh website which happens to be um is it rich yeah richmerit.com yeah dot com. um and on here it says something that you were at one point reviewed by the new york times and now they're refusing to or not they just not refusing but they just haven't reviewed your latest book oh I, that i'm not sure about um you know, I was on the cover of the New York Times magazine. Oh, that's it. Okay. And that, that's how part of the story came about. In 98, I did that cover story. And I, I, as I was getting out of the Marines anyway, I was never identified. The advocate did a story given my identity. And then in the next issue, they outed me on the cover as the Marine who did gay porn. Oh, okay. And that's, that's how... The, my book came out in paperback, which is what I wanted. And... You know, a lot of these places won't review a book unless it's in hardback. Oh, I see. I gotcha. And so one of the things that on the website, it said that um, with the New York Times Magazine, you had you gave them the story that they wanted, that you didn't talk about the, the porn or, or the adult film industry. Right. And, um, and so it sounded like there was still some... Uh, how did you feel about that still staying in the closet about a few things or, or not sharing that information? <clears throat> Yeah, that's one of the things also I go into detail in the first chapter. You know, in my mind, there was this debate going on in my head. The story was about the, the life under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Mm -hmm. So I honestly did not see how the videos that I had done three years earlier had any relevance to that. Gotcha. And, the, of course, it was never a question that was asked, and neither was asked by the advocate. So... And a lot of people have agreed with that sen sentiment. Why is it anyone's business? Now, having dealt with the press more now, yeah, of course they want to know everything like that. Well, uh, yeah, it's much more. Uh, sorry for, but, but much more sexy to to, for, to be able to sell or talk about stuff in the news like, right. like that. And, and also, one of the things that, um, and Rich, you don't know this, but one of the things that we do have um, young people who listen to our show, and uh -huh. um, in our probably, and sometimes they're only listening to us by um, headphones by on head their computer at home, yeah, right, and are possibly dealing with some fundamentalist um, uh, religious things at home. And and how did you get through that, or what are some things that you can uh, that you would uh, say to help them? getting through that because um, obviously you've come through a lot um with 12 years of the of uh bob jones university um what would some of these things you would say to them i would say you know hang on and life gets better the older you get you get to make more choices you get to live the life you want to live and there's a whole world out there um just grin and bear it now hey, you know that that sound to a 15 or 14 year old that's forever. That's forever, <laughs> you know, and I felt the same way at that time, but it really does get better. And the thing is, um, it is better for, for teens than it, now than it was then. We didn't have the Internet. We thought we were the only one. And I hope, I hope younger people know better than that now. Um, and so maybe they can have access to a world that was totally foreign to us when we were teenagers. Great. Right. And um and and so what were some things that you did to kind of yourself to kind of oh, get through when, that? When I was that age, I poured myself into, um, <laughs> like a lot of guys, the drama club and debate uh, and band and student government, and 
you know, I theater. I did all of that stuff. I just stayed so busy, and I actually loved that. I had a good time doing that stuff. Um, and plus, it made me more, you know, as I got older and it opened avenues and doors, gave me a better understanding of the world anyway. Right. And so I never really thought about dating or you know, the other things that you hope that teenagers are dealing with. Right, right. And that's pretty common. So if there was one decision that you made that you could change, um, would you, I mean, what would it be? And Or is there even one that you would at this point? The, the suicide attempt was really um, a brutal, brutal thing to do to my friends and to myself and the people who love me. I, I, that's the one thing I would change if I went back go back and, and do things over again right right yeah because i guess that that's the one thing just knowing about that of just mm-hmm. like you know what what the friends and family go through right and and you're right exactly well rich thank you so much you. for taking the time out of your day to talk to us we really really appreciate it and certainly we look forward to meeting you next week yeah uh, look forward to town. Um, to uh, meeting all of you, too. I have a connection to Michigan that is in the... Well, I talk about my friend Gary and his parents live... Oh, Gary! No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and his parents live nearby. Um, so I'll be staying with them, and so it's kind of a combined trip for me. So I look forward to it a lot. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. Well, certainly, again, thank you so much, and um, good luck with the rest of the tour. It sounds like there's going to be a few other stops for you in the a future. A few more. It's winding down, but, yeah, I have a few more left. Yeah, and I hope that the book does well. It seems to be doing well around here. We we hear a lot of praise. So. Oh, great, great. I appreciate that. Thank you. Sure, thank and, you. And if folks could check out www.richmerritt.com, that would be great. Yeah. Terrific. Thank All you, right. Rich. Thanks so okay, much. Okay, have a good evening. Yeah, you Bye. too. Bye-bye. So I'm I'm, I'm going to look forward to uh, meeting him. Yeah, well, did you look at the pictures? He's no, kind of handsome. He oh! Quite, he is handsome. Is he anything like on the book? It's not him. Oh, man. I don't think it's him anyway. What? I don't think it's him either. But that's him. That's him. Oh, okay. The the yeah. younger guy in that photo. Well, yeah, I kind of recognize Barney Frank. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know. So, but yes. Um, so, well, now I know when I see him next week. You that, can run up to him and say, Rich. Yeah. And, and like, he'll freak out. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could just put an echo under your voice, and he'll say, oh, Dan. Oh, Dan. <laughs> Dan, I know who you are. Just carry around a little machine to give yourself some reverb. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll say, "Oh yes, Dan. I know Dan. Ooh, exactly. Yeah, I think that his his keynote next week will be great. Yeah, and I encourage everyone to come to Outfest and listen to Rich um, deliver that keynote. Interesting pictures in the book. There Do are. Do we like seal these pictures? Does this is this book a sealed uh, one? Oh, never mind. We can't. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So. Um, I'm I'm gonna continue to look. You're gonna continue to look. <laughs> I wonder if I can get the book read by next Saturday. Oh, that would be great. So I can know a little more. They have an informed introduction. Right there, you go. But he would be at a disadvantage because huh? there's no book on Christy Cardinal. No, I mean an well, informed introduction for the anymore. being on the state. Don't you dare write a book about me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare. Ooh, the luck. What? Secrets are you keeping, Christy? <laughs> well, with that, thanks for tuning by to Closet Server Close on this fine Wednesday, September 14th. I want to thank Rich Merritt and also uh, Keith Orr from Common Language. And, our, of course, our engineer, Alex. Thanks so much for thanks, trying to Alex. deal with our feedback issue. Um, I still blame the phone and the computer at that end of the situation so we'll blame rich because he's not here to defend himself and again we'll say, talk to you the same time same place next week thanks a lot bye thanks for tuning into closets are foreclosed on wcbn fm 88.3 radio free ann arbor you can contact us by calling 734-763-3500 that's 763-3500 Or you can write us here at the station at 530-SAB, Ann Arbor, Michigan, 48109. Or at our Ipsy office, you can reach us at P.O. Box 980070, Ypsilanti, Michigan, 48198. 
The views and opinions expressed on Closets Are For Clothes are solely those of their speakers and are not the opinions of WCBN or our licensees, the Regents of the University of Michigan. For Dan Burns, I'm Christy Cardinal. See you at the same time, same place next week, Wednesday from 6 to 7. Peace.